Hey guys, it's your host Ish, and welcome to the second segment of the Ish Can Dish podcast. The NBA trade deadline has always been one of my favorite parts of the season because of the speculation and the fact that these trades have the potential to turn around a franchise. Today, I'm going to talk about five trades that I would want to see and how each team could benefit from the transaction. Once again, my co-partner for this segment is my father, Vinky Chatta. Thank you, Dad, for taking time out of your day to talk some basketball with me. Ish, I love trades. Uh, playing fantasy football all these years, you always want to try to make that unbelievable trade to make your team better. I think at this time of the season, I think teams are <clears> reflecting <throat> and saying, hey, are we sellers or are we buyers? Are we going to go for it this season? Or are we going to take a backseat, sell some of our assets and hope for better outcomes for the 2021 season, the 21-22 season? So what do you see on the horizon here? What are some of the trades that you're predicting? Well, the first team I would like to bring up is actually the number one team in the West currently, which is the Los Angeles Lakers. You know, and uh, this trade would actually involve the Los Angeles Lakers and the Washington River, Washington Wizards. Um, in this situation, the Lakers would get Davis Bertans and the Wizards would receive Kyle Kuzma, Quinn Cook, and Talon Horton Tucker. You know, the Lakers are actually a really solid three-point shooting team as they have the 10th best conversion rate in the league. However, they're just 21st in makes and 23rd in attempts. Even though Danny Green has been consistent by hitting 1.9 triples per night on a 38.7% clip, other snipers on the team such as Quinn Cook and Troy Daniels have not been producing. Bertans is having a career year by averaging 15.7 points per game, which is about twice as much as he averaged last year, and more importantly, he's hitting 3.73s per game on an efficient 43.6% clip. The only person to do that previously was Stephen Curry, arguably the greatest shooter of all time. James creates more points off assists than anyone. Bertans splashes more catch-and-shoot threes than anyone, and he buries them at a 45.1% clip. The two would work really well together, and since Bertans would add spacing, this would be very beneficial for Anthony Davis because it will allow him to create more offense for him within 5-10 to 10 feet. Now let me look at it from the Washington side. The Wizards are currently 12th in the Eastern Conference, and their playoff hopes are looking pretty soon. Also, they're looking at their second consecutive sub-400 winning percentage, and an uncertain future beyond that. In my opinion, since Bertans is a hot commodity for championship contenders, they should look to trade him in order to get young players to build around, such as Kuzma and Talon Horton Tucker. Let me talk about Kyle Kuzma for a second. I, I have trouble <clears throat> believing that they are actually going to give up Kuzma. Well, Kuzma has been playing well recently. However, I think he's an awkward fit alongside James and Davis. And also, when... Um, LeBron wasn't there. He actually was a really solid scorer, and last season he averaged 18.7 points per game. And he's also stretched forward, and during his rookie season he hit two threes a game on a 37% clip. So, compared with Bertans, Kuzma has youth, potential, and contract control because he's signed for next season, and he's a restricted free agent after that. Yeah, but Kuzma, <clears throat> Kuzma yeah, we always talk about offense in, in the NBA, but Kuzma could be a potentially really good defender, don't you think? Didn't he have a good game against Harden? And um, that should be reflected in, in something that the Lakers might want. I mean, he has defensive potential, but he lacks playmaking ability, and he's not the, and Bertans is a much better spot-up shooter than Kuzma, in my opinion. So even though the Lakers probably won't make this trade, I think if they're really feeling desperate, um, I think they, this is a great trade for them because they get a really solid veteran player 
and one of the best three-point shooters in the league, while Washington gets uh, young players in Horton Tucker and Kuzma that they can build around for the future. All right, so give me a percent chance that this trade happens. Well, you know, I think Rob Palenka is a pretty aggressive guy, so I think it's going to be a 60% chance that this happens. 60%? That's very high. Yeah, but I think, you know, even though the Lakers are succeeding, I know Rob Palenka is definitely hungry for more, and he definitely wants to prove himself because, yeah. you know, um, people were saying that he didn't really have a big role in signing Anthony Davis because of Magic's presence with the Lakers organization. I think he really wants to make a name for himself. Yeah. Obviously, this would be a great way in doing so. Who else is looking for him? What other teams might be looking for Bertans? I think other teams could be Philadelphia, possibly the Los Angeles Clippers as well. Yeah. I think maybe even the Denver Nuggets as they have assets. So I think those three teams definitely yeah, will be looking for Bertans. Any contender has to be looking for a hot three-point. I mean, yeah. that's what you need, and especially with LeBron driving and dishing. What about, yeah. the, what about the Mavs? I mean, they got Luka. Dallas can make a move for him, but I think Dallas really needs interior defense. So, all right. So sixty percent, huh? That's that's pretty high. Let's see if your prediction comes true. Yeah, we'll see. Okay, what else are you thinking? So the second trade I'd like to talk about involves the Miami Heat and the New York Knicks, and in this situation, the Miami Heat would receive Marcus Morris, while the Knicks would receive a 2025 first-round draft pick, and Dion Waiters or James Johnson. You know, Marcus Morris, I think, is a really solid small forward slash power forward who embodies toughness, defensive versatility. And he was a key player for the Celtics playoff run in 2018 without Kyrie. And, you know, with Pat Riley running that Miami Heat organization, Marcus Morris just fits the Miami Heat culture, especially what Jimmy Butler brings to the table with his toughness. I think they would really pair well together. Also, more importantly, since he's only on a one-year $15 million deal, this is really important because Miami won't have to worry about his contract taking up cap space in the summer of 2021 when players such as Giannis... Kawhi Leonard and Paul George could hit free agency. Morris also leads the Knicks with 19.1 points per game and is second in the NBA with a 46.9% success rate from three. The 30-year-old Morris doesn't fit in the timeline of the rebuilding Knicks, and I think he should draw plenty of interest from contending teams before ultimately landing in Miami. Wow. So you see the Knicks giving up their, probably their best player. Yes. And in return, they'll get... Um, First-round draft pick. Yeah. Draft pick, and who else? Uh, I think they'll either get Dion Waiters or James Johnson. Okay. And in the salary cap issues, are there any salary cap issues here? No. I mean, Dion Waiters is getting paid a fair amount. I think this trade could happen. I think it's more likely going to happen if they throw James Johnson in the deal due to the fact that Dion Waiters has had off-the-court issues with the Miami Heat, and he's had multiple team suspensions with the organization. So I think this trade really could happen if they throw in James Johnson, maybe another young asset. I doubt Miami would do it, though, if the Knicks would want Tyler Hero or Kendrick Nunn. Okay, so chemistry is the other thing. Um, is Morris someone who will fit into most teams? What do you know about his... Um, ability to mold into a team well I know Morris is very outspoken and I think the reason I chose Miami Heat is because he fits exactly with that culture you know Jimmy Butler is a very outspoken guy sure. you know after his debacle with the Minnesota Timberwolves and calling out Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins and 
playing with the third stringers and beating them. So I think Pat Riley really appreciates this guy's attitude and toughness. He did. He was never scared of a matchup. He guarded LeBron in the playoffs for Boston. And I think him and Jimmy just had that same mindset of going out there and being tough and trying to be the best. I mean, they both have a lot of confidence that they can guard anybody. And Morris can also create more space for that Miami Heat team as he's a great three-point shooter. And he can score the ball as well, averaging 19.1 points per game. So I think this offers Miami another score that can help um, Jimmy Butler, Kendrick Nunn, and Bam Adebayo create offense for themselves. Who else is looking at Morris shooting? What are their I teams? think um, Philly yeah. is definitely a team that could really use him as they lack depth. Who would they give up? I think Philly would probably give up Thibel, Matisse Thibel, Trey Burke, and probably a protected first-round pick mm. for um, Marcus Morris. I think another team would be the Lakers, Dallas Mavericks, Nuggets, and I think um, the Houston Rockets might even give something up for Marcus Morris. So well, all the we'll same, see. all the same people are going to be buying. It's whether you know who the Knicks want to deal with and who they think what what specific players the Knicks would want, and obviously first round draft choices. Yes. Prediction on whether this trade occurs. You know. I think if they throw in James Johnson in this deal, I think there's a 70% chance that this trade happens. I say 35%. Okay. All right. What else you got? So another team I'd like to talk about is the Dallas Mavericks. And in this scenario, they would be trading with the Detroit Pistons. So Dallas would obviously be receiving Andre Drummond, who's the Pistons star player, and Christian Wood as well. While Detroit would receive Tim Hardaway Jr., Maxi Kleba, an unprotected 2020 first-round pick, and a 2022 first-round lottery-protected pick. You know, for the Pistons, like, after they signed D. Rose to a two-year deal, I really thought they would definitely be a playoff team this year. Boy, was I wrong. Blake, uh, Blake Griffin hasn't been playing much. Exactly. I mean, even though the Pistons are currently in the ninth place and only three and a half games out of the eighth spot, their season seems hopeless due to the fact that Blake Griffin had season-ending knee surgery. And also, Drummond is on pace to lead the NBA in rebounding again, averaging 15.9 rebounds per game for the fourth time in five years. And he's recording a career-high 17.6 points per contest as well. So he's actually stepped up his game offensively. And, you know, Porzingis being an outside threat by hitting around two and a half threes per game, around seven attempts per game, he doesn't really post up very often. So therefore, I think their games would complement each other very well because Andre is a really good low post presence, and he takes 87% of his shots from the paint. And Dallas will be adding a big man who, who will be able to defend guys like Capella, nice. Anthony Davis, Jokic, and Harrell, while Detroit can rebuild with the two picks that they will be receiving from the Mavs. So I think it's a really a win-win scenario for this Detroit team and Dallas because Detroit, I think, is going to break up their team. I think D. Rose might get traded as well. I don't know where, but I, I won't be surprised if he gets traded. Yeah, Drummond could be a huge asset for one of many of those contenders, and certainly Dallas could use his inside presence and rebounding. 100%. All right. Who else is looking at Drummond? Um, I think another team that comes to mind is the Toronto Raptors. You know, I think Masai Ujiri is a very aggressive GM as he traded for Kawhi Leonard last year. Um, you know, trading away his star player, DeMar DeRozan, who's part of that city forever. That was really an aggressive move and arguably a stupid move at the time, but it paid off. 
And I think, you know, Toronto is really a stacked team. You know, they, they have a lot, they have really good bench depth with Terrence Davis, Norman Powell, and Ibaka coming off the bench. And I think if they add Drummond, that's another guy to add to their offensive arsenal. And him and Gasol are really both good defenders. And Gasol can stretch the floor while Drummond can control the paint, block shots. And they have another shot blocker in Ibaka. So I think their interior de defense would obviously become more scary. And I think um, Toronto has the assets to make a trade for Drummond. I don't know if they will do it, but we'll see. It would be amazing if Toronto got someone like Drummond, made a run in the Eastern Conference, and they played the Clippers in the finals. That would be something. That would be that yeah. would be absolutely terrific. Okay, prediction on this trade. You said uh, Drummond to the Mavs. Uh, what's your prediction? Fifty percent chance. Okay, I say thirty-three percent. All right. All right. What else you got? So the fourth trade is obviously going to involve the Cleveland Cavaliers and Kevin Love. And in this situation, I actually have Kevin Love going to the Phoenix Suns. Wow. And the Cavs, in return, would receive Tyler Johnson, mm -hmm. Mikel Bridges, and Dario Saric. You think the Suns can make a playoff run? I think they could if they add Love. But, you know, I think after Love's outburst with GM Kobe Altman and his childish actions during the Thunder and Raptors game, where he, you know, was smashing the chair during the Raptors game and he was, like, screaming for the ball during the Thunder game and he just threw it at his teammates' feet. I think a change of scenery is absolutely necessary for this guy. You know, Kevin signed a four-year, $120 million extension in July of 2018 after LeBron left. Reportedly, he committed to the Cavs because Dan Gilbert told him that they were going to still remain competitive even after the departure of LeBron. Clearly, this hasn't been the case. The Cavs, this Cavs team has struggled during the post-LeBron era, and they are currently outside of the playoff picture, sitting at the 13th spot. The Portland Trailblazers have been linked to love the most, but I think the Suns will land what could be the most talented player to change teams during this deadline. And James Jones, GM of the Phoenix Suns, was a former teammate of Kevin Love, and they reportedly had a really good relationship. Also, the Suns are currently in the ninth spot, and they sit only two games back of the eighth. If the Suns added Love, he would bring floor spacing and a championship mentality, which the Suns lack. Even though the Cavs would probably get worse as a result of this deal, they will be adding guys who are on expiring contracts, and this will help speed up the rebuilding process. If Love joined Phoenix, he'd reunite with Ricky Rubio, who is averaging 9 assists per game, compared to Colin Sexton, who's only averaging 2.3 assists per night. And he also put up career-best numbers with Rubio as his point guard in Minnesota. Add in Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and Kelly Oubre Jr., and this Suns team could be one of the best offensive teams in the league, in my opinion. So you think the Suns uh, want to be aggressive, even though they're kind of on the outside looking in. You want, you think this is the year that they're going to go with that young talent and try to make a run for Kevin Love and make the playoffs? I think they definitely should due to the fact that they haven't achieved success since Steve Nash was there. And Devin Booker has expressed his displeasure for the organization in the past due to the fact that he just wants to win. And Phoenix hasn't been able to surrounding with players that can do that. I mean, they have DeAndre Ayton, they have Devin Booker, they have Kelly Oubre Jr., all these young guys. I think they really need to make a push for K-Love in order for them to be somewhat of a threat in the playoffs. And you don't see K-Love going to somewhere, somewhere else? I think another team that he could possibly go to would be the Denver Nuggets. And in this situation, it would be a direct swap between him and Paul Millsap. 
However, I don't think that's going to happen because the Cavs wouldn't want to take on a big contract from a guy who is 30-plus years old. So I don't think that trade's going to happen. I think the Suns trade is more likely to happen because of the expiring contracts of Tyler Johnson. Yeah, I think the the Nuggets, they're on the outside looking in on the big two, Clippers and Lakers. They need to do something to try to get over the hump because I don't see them beating either the Clippers or the Lakers. Getting Kevin Love would be an interesting um, asset for them, but... It would hurt them defensively, but it would be interesting, yes. So, likelihood, Clipper, I mean, um, Kevin Love to Phoenix Suns, what's your percent chance? 60% chance. I'm going to say 25%. Okay. All right, anything else you got for us? Well, we're finally down to my last trade, which is involving the Los Angeles Clippers and the Memphis Grizzlies. And in this situation, the Clippers would receive Andre Iguodala, while the Grizzlies would receive Mo Harkless, Jerome Robinson, and a 2020 unprotected second round pick. You know, after Iguodala got traded from the Warriors to the Grizzlies via the D'Angelo Russell sign-in trade, he told Memphis that he wouldn't report to the team and that he wanted to be traded to a contender due to the fact that he's in the twilight of his career. Andre is a three-time NBA champion. He was on the defensive team twice, and he was the 2014-2015 NBA Finals MVP. Iguodala provides great perimeter defense, a championship mentality, he's a great locker room guy, and he has the ability to make clutch plays. The Clippers are currently in the third spot, and even though they've been great at home by going 19-4, they're only 11-9 on the road due to Kawhi's load management. Iggy was a vital part of the Warriors' success over the years, and he could be a player that has the ability to be very impactful come playoff time. Yeah. Also, the Clippers' de- perimeter defense is already loaded, and he's a guy that can guard elite players in the playoffs, such as LeBron, Harden, and Luka. As a result, Iggy can help take the defensive pressure off Kawhi and Paul George, and this can help them focus all of their energy on the offensive end of the floor. And also, I think this would be a solid move for the Clippers, while Memphis gets two young guys that could flourish with this young Grizzlies roster. Yeah, that's interesting. What about Iguodala to the Lakers? You know, I think that is an interesting um, situation. However, I think it's unlikely because um, I believe the Grizzlies in that situation would want, you know, maybe a pick mm-hmm. or um, – you know, just an unprotected pick, in my yeah. opinion. And the Lakers don't have yeah. any trade yes. bait because yeah. they gave all of their picks to the New Orleans Pelicans okay. so that they can get Anthony Davis. Yeah. And also, the Lakers don't really have any young players besides Kyle Kuzma on that team. And I doubt the Grizzlies would want aging players such as Troy Daniels or Jared Dudley. You know, I, I, I don't I like think that. that's... I like Dudley a lot, too. He's... <laughs> He's really awesome, but um, I think the Grizzlies in this situation would, I think the Clippers are a better pairing for them. But I also think the Grizzlies could keep Iguodala due to the fact that they're currently eighth in the West. I mean, they're competing for a playoff spot, obviously, and maybe they might call up Andre and say, hey, we really could use you for the playoffs. So I actually wouldn't be surprised if the Grizzlies kept Iguodala and use him for that playoff run yeah. as, you know, a veteran leader for that yeah. young team. Yeah. But eighth, eighth, eighth in any division is kind of like, do you really want to be eighth? Because you, you're generally out of the playoffs. You get a 15th or 16th round pick, and a 15th or 16th pick in the draft. Being eighth is 
if I was Memphis, I would try to get assets for Iguodala. Well, I agree with you on that. However, the Grizzlies have a young core already surrounded with them, where John Morant, who I yeah. think has the ability to be a future MVP candidate yeah. and a Russell Westbrook type player who has a reliable, consistent jump shot. Mm. And they have Jaron Jackson Jr., who's a six foot ten forward, who I think, you know, reminds me of like a young Anthony Davis. Obviously he needs to step up defensively, but he can create his own shot offensively and he's a freakish athlete. So, you know, this Grizzlies team has a young young core and they also have Dylan Brooks off the bench who's averaging, you know, double digit figures and he was a second round pick, so I think in this situation, the Grizzlies would be okay with being an eight seed due to the fact that they're surrounded by young talent. Got it, got it. Any chance that the Grizzlies buy out Iguodala and that he can choose whatever team he wants to go to? If you asked me that question two months ago, I would have said yes, 100%. But, you know, with the situation that they're in now, I don't think buying him out is really beneficial for them. Mm -hmm. I think a trade would be beneficial or even just keeping him. I mean, he hasn't played all season, so he's going to be fresh during he's the playoffs. Be fresh. That's going to be that's going to yeah. be good. Hopefully, he's, I'm sure he's a veteran. He's a he's a consummate uh, professional. I'm sure he's keeping in shape, but getting into game shape is important. Exactly. Um, so, likelihood of Iguodala going to the Clippers? I'm going to say 35 percent chance. Yeah, I say a little bit lower, 25 percent. Obviously, there's a chance that none of these trades happen. However, I think they're all realistic predictions, and each team would benefit from the said transaction. Anyways, thank you guys for tuning into this segment of the Ish Kandish podcast. Hopefully the trade deadline will be exciting. Also, thank you, Dad, for coming on to the pod today. It was great being on the podcast. It'd be interesting to see how your predictions turn out. Yeah, I think it would be really awesome if at least one of them comes true, but I really had a great time doing this. So thank you guys for tuning in, and uh, peace.